podcast intro. We're out here all day. Yeah. Fun. <clears throat> it is. It is. All right. So are we officially calling this the FFA podcast? The first flight agency podcast? So, I have it on that I have it on that graphic as the Well, I think it just makes sense. Yeah. And this is the first first flight right. agency. I actually had that on there. I had the first first flight agency nice. podcast. I thought it was a bit much. A bit on the news. On the news. Hello. 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 Welcome to the First Flight Agency Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. Our aim is to converse about the topics that interest us, the current events that inspire us, and the experience is that shape us to be a more effective team and deliver creative solutions for our clients. So we're talking about clients? No, I'm just thinking that could be like the intro. I think we need something. I think we need something from an ad agency. Talk about cat skinning and horse wrangling. Okay. Especially when it comes to you. Okay. Job organizer. Job Superwoman. Oh, yeah. Right. So what I was going to also say is today we've got Grace O. Ward Crawford. Crawford. Grace O. Ward Crawford. Yes. <laughs> and Keith Borshak. Grace and Keith um, to discuss experiences. Their extensive experience with ad agencies and marketing firms. Sounds good. Yeah, far out. Grace, tell us about your role here at First Flight. Well, my role agency, here, while kids out, <laughs> <laughs> is handling the clients as the account manager. So I'm the liaison between the clients and the team here. Um, but typically, I am a project manager, so I'm more internal. But right now, I'm. But you still liaise. Yes, just a different type of liaise. Yes. Yeah. And Keith. Yes, I am the creative director at First Flight Agency. Been here about two years now. Uh, I oversee the creative output of the agency. Hopefully set the standard for the way things look and sound. Run roughshod over the tone of voice of our work. And I think you probably have the most experience out of all of us. Yeah. Which would by, by default, I'm older than and, and I'm <laughs> the oldest person in the in the business. Yeah, I've been in this for about thirty years. Started off at a large agency in Dallas, Texas, called Tracy Locke, that was gobbled up by uh, one of the largest agency networks on the planet, DDB Needham. Right after I got there, so in the span of about six months, I had. Probably three or four different business cards with different names on them. <laughs> um, but it was a great, great first job to have. It was on Pepsi, Pepsi promotions, meaning we did very little TV and that kind of stuff. We did a lot of, a lot of in-store promotional stuff, um, a lot of something we used to call TV tags. They were like seven-second tags at the end of uh, other commercials, of national commercials. Produced just about everything that we that we pitched to the client. So it was very, very busy. Um, Pepsi was a tough, tough client, but as much as I hated working on it at times, much later on, I realized I'd learned a lot about clients, working with difficult clients, 
um, recognizing the good from the bad, realizing that even within organizations like that, there are there are um, clients who who really kind of get it, and some that are just there to advance their career. And um, so, yeah. Nice. And Grace, I would say you probably have the second most experience. I mean, I guess, I no, mean, that's, that's right. at least yeah. marketing, specifically marketing firms, marketing agencies, ad yes. agencies. Yes. I worked at a branch out of um, McCann Erickson in New York starting in 2008. And so I've been in this industry since then. I'm not going to do the math because I'm terrible at math. Um, but yes, so I started out um, in traffic, which is kind of a project management role. And then when you get promoted, you go to the account side, the dark side of things. And um, that's when you are the liaison. So you work primarily with the client. And so I've been doing that for several years now. The, the toughest spot to be in in an ad agency being that being that person in between the art director and copywriter and creative director yes and the client have you ever it, seen the human centipede God, don't even <laughs> that accounts God, right in the middle so gross <laughs> i've never seen it i've heard i don't I've want heard to. about yeah. it i don't want to see it we'll let people google the yeah. image i don't want to don't google the image we're pretty vivid imagination and i just you know no but seriously, the, that's the toughest place because, yeah. um, especially if you're in a, a super busy agency, if you're an art director, a copywriter, and you're you know pouring your heart and soul into something that you think is going to be great, you don't always get to go to the client. You don't get to go and plead your case with the client as to why you're doing what you're doing is right or good. Um, they don't care that you want to win awards with your work. Right. Um, Often we, you know, I, I'd seen it enough that I stopped doing it myself, but, you know, we would, um, we would create, you know, layouts, spec layouts for our account executives to take to our clients. And, you know, lo and behold, when they would come back to the office, first question was, you know, so, so what'd they say, you know, mm -hmm. did they like it? And anytime the client didn't like it, it was always the account person's fault. Well, you didn't sell it right. Did you tell them? this oh you know somehow it was it was your fault that the client didn't buy the work um typically um, when i say that it's you know younger art directors and and such but um it's a tough tough position to be in yeah you're when i when i meant when i said earlier cat wrangler yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah and i feel like the best account managers are ones who are very good at not only working with the client but the internal team and you know, having Certainly. a great yeah. relationship that way. Um, it's not all about serving the client, but also helping your teammates and make sure that everybody's working well together. And hurt, feels heard. Mm -hmm. so you, and you do it well. Oh, you thank do you. Really well. Gracefully. Hey, I like that. <laughs> Should be a writer. No. <laughs> In my estimation, now it's it's as much the responsibility of a of an ad agency to be good as it is to, you know, be a good client. Um, but I definitely think that there are, there are a lot of clients. I would, I would guess most clients out there that don't, um, that don't think about their relationship with their ad agency the way I do coming from my, from, from the creative side of the, of the business. 
I feel like my best client relationships are ones where we're on the same field and like there's a kind of an education time where we like kind of go through our process and this is what marketing is versus advertising and just kind of be on the same level there. Definitely. I'm glad that often when I know we as a team, when we're in front of clients and we're asking certain questions and again, you either see pretty quickly whether or not they have an answer for your questions or if we're actually, if we're actually bringing things to them that they hadn't thought about themselves. And that's where, that's where our value, I think way prior to even, you know, putting pen to paper to do creative work, that's where we're most valuable. And that's where I think the light bulb clicks on with a lot of our clients. Like they're a whole lot more sophisticated business people than I thought, you know, I I've heard, Lots of clients refer to the creative side of the business as the the fun. Oh, that's the fun side. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys are the the wacky creatives, and and you just kind of goof off and come up with stuff. And when clients sit down with a with an art director or a copywriter or a creative director, and get asked pretty sophisticated marketing questions, I think they're always taken aback and surprised. And that bodes well for the agency. It's like, oh, okay, we're dealing with people who actually know what they're doing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that, you know, the fun side, because whenever anybody asks me, oh, wow, you're in advertising, I say, well, not the fun side of things, (laughs) fun, creative side of things. (laughs) I was always amazed, uh, in particular, when I first got into the business and, you know, my wife and I would be at a function somewhere. And when the question of, you know, so what do you do for a living would come up? Almost without fail, when I when I would say, "Oh, I work for an advertising agency in Dallas," people would say, "Wow, that sounds cool." Like, well, you're not in the trenches every day dealing with Pepsi; it's not that cool. <laughs> um, but immediately they would they would shift into this mode of like of like wanting to tell me about themselves and what they do that skirts on creative. Usually, I get, "Did you ever watch Mad Men?" <laughs> <laughs> and you got that from me. <laughs> Greatest show ever. It is really good. I need to pick that back up. Yeah, I don't get that so much because, you know, I tell them that I work in SEO. Yeah. And I'm like... Still a big mystery. Right. Crickets. It is. <laughs> yeah. You know, a business owner or a business director will know about SEO and at least the importance of it and kind of what how it affects their business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not exactly what it is or or how to execute any sort of SEO optimization or anything. Well, SEOO. <laughs> but you think about how comforting that is for a marketer who has heard some terminology. Maybe they dug into some articles they found online mm-hmm. about what it is, but don't understand it. Certainly don't know how to apply it, what the ramifications are of not understanding and all that stuff. And then talking to somebody like you, you know, that what a, what a, a kind of an enlightening and comforting thing that is like, oh, an, another expert in another area that can help me do something, you know? You know, they feel like they're an expert and they want somebody to partner with them, which is what we want, really. Sure. We want a partner, as we've talked about mm-hmm. internally. Yep. We do want partners. Grace has heard me say many times that yes. I, I shudder whenever I hear um, a marketer refer to their to their ad agency or marketing partners or vendor. Yes. The first time I heard that, 
in my career, I was just like, yuck. It's a kiss of death. I'm not a vendor. I'm not. You said that. I still just, I can't wrap my mind around what that means to them. Like, what does it mean? It, it means that you're you're a just like the person who delivers um, paper for the printer. Exactly, you're a vendor. You're somebody I pay for a service, and and you know I I don't. I, hopefully, I don't. I don't parse words to the point it's unhealthy. But <laughs> like, I don't even like. I don't even like the word service. To yeah. be used in anything we do. It's very one-sided. It is. And yeah. and we are not in servitude to you. You know, we are mm-hmm. a business partner and and we prove that to you when we sit in meetings with you and dig into your business and ask you questions that you don't know yourself. Um again, have you know, hoping that light bulb clicks on and they go, Oh, yeah, you're not just a you're not just the guy who delivers the reams of paper that I bought at the office supply store. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong with that, but um, right. Yeah, I think uh, and service. I looked it up one time years. I, I don't know if I remember the correct pronunciation, but the word service is comes from Latin for basically servitude. That's mm. the, I think it's servus or service. I don't remember how to say it, but um, yeah, it means servitude. I don't like that. No. <laughs> sure, we'll do stuff for you, but it's going to be you know. In but, solving business problems. But we problems. also do some stuff with you. Right. Yeah. It's right. more collaborative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We play. Collaboration. There's another big yes. pet peeve of mine. Oh, sorry. I have Continue. lots of pet peeves. So, <laughs> now I need to know about the collaboration pet peeve. Well, I, I think that people have, uh, and I've always been fascinated by this, people have a, a, a really interesting understanding of the word collaboration. Like, oh, I like working with them because they're very collaborative. Often, if it's coming from a client, means I can tell them what I like and don't like, and they'll react and bring something back to me. To me, that's not that's not collaboration. Right. Collaboration is is before anybody starts writing headlines or or generating social posts or digging into SEO or whatever it is. Um, you have collaborated on figuring out what the specific problems are. And you've you've asked yourself every question you can think of to get to the point where, okay, now I'm ready to start creating things to solve that business problem. Otherwise, it's just it's just critique, which I've seen a lot of. I've seen mm-hmm. so often sit in meetings, sometimes, you know, for hours with marketers who were going, you know, in circles to to kind of give the ad agency something to do only to have the ad agency come back two weeks later with stuff that isn't relevant or doesn't, you know, doesn't help them. Congress is, uh, was it Congress who was uh, asked their opinion of what uh, pornography was? We don't know what it is. We can't define it, but we know it when we see it. That's the same thing. That's the, we don't know what the problem is, but eventually the, 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 the ideas you're bringing to us, we'll see something in there and figure it out. Right. Oh, yeah. I've gotten that bit yeah. of feedback a lot. We'll know it when we see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very constructive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say is like the best form of feedback you've ever gotten? Like, how do you like to receive feedback from clients, like good clients that you like working with? I... I, I I have a good answer for that, I think. And and that's that 
having worked for really good clients, you know, very sophisticated marketers versus people who are sort of flying by the seat of their pants. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I heard from a client who was looking at something that I had created, having them say, I don't get it. And me going deflated thinking it's getting killed. They're killing my work. Yeah. The very next thing out of this client's mouth was, I don't get it, but then I'm really not the target. So I don't need to get it, right? Oh like, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Okay. You're exactly right. I, I didn't even I didn't even put that together. Yeah. You know, this client did that. And I always thought, what a smart way to look at this. Like, yeah, you're, you know, you're a 57-year-old guy working in a marketing group. You're not the teenager who we're going to be advertising shoes for. Right. That, and that was a that was a a story that came out of um, do you remember the sh the shoe store journeys? Yes. In the mall. Oh, that that's was a that. throwback. Yeah. We had this client who was very aware that he was not the client. He actually wore Doc Martens to meetings, Great. which I thought was kind of cool. But um, he knew he wasn't the target. He's like, okay, so you guys are you guys are much closer to the target than I am. You probably get this stuff. I don't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume from you that it, that it'll work and that it'll resonate with people. It's it's those clients who know everything that are the trouble. You know, they're the ones that are that are impossible to move. You know, right. When, when they assume that they're the target and and only the things that they understand will work. Right. You know? Yeah. I like that. That, that and clients who also understand the risk thing, you know, that, that somebody actually used it as a tagline a while ago. I don't remember who it was, but the greatest risk is not taking one. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly, the first time I was presented with this notion regarding what we do was um, prior to a big, a big new business pitch, a young copywriter made the mistake of saying in front of the, the senior account guy, um, you know, you, you need to, you need to convince them to, to, to do some risky work. And he immediately fired back. He was like, don't ever use that word again, especially in front of a client. They don't want to think they're taking a risk. Mm -hmm. They want to. They want. They want to think they're doing the safe thing. When, when we say this is risky, mm -hmm. what we're telling them is we don't know if this is going to work or not. Yeah. And he said, yeah. think about this. It's the opposite. You know, the most risky thing you can do is what you think is safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I got something out of it, and I've 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 had some clients who clearly understood that. Like, yeah, I can't just do what everybody else is doing. I got to do something else. Because doing what everybody else is doing is the risky thing. Mm -hmm. So clients that understand risk versus safe are huge with me. I like that. Yeah, I like that. What about you, Grace? In terms of feedback and yeah. stuff? Okay. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of elementary, but very simple. But um I, you know, I took a lot of art classes growing up and we would have to critique each other's artwork. And you do, you still do painting. For fun, yeah. for funsies. And, um, <laughs> and um, we were guided by our teachers. I mean, I, I could say this is probably elementary school, even middle school. Um, you have to say something nice 
And then you say something oh. that is, you know, more of a critique. Classic art class critique yeah. style. Yeah. And so I, I like that style when clients are, you know, hey, I appreciate, you know, the work that you put in or I really like how you did this treatment, you know, but here's what I want to work on. And it's very specific. It's not I'll know it when I see it, um, you know, and it's just something that we can really take back and work together on. Yeah. Specific. Yes. Oh, I can agree I like with specific that. feedback. Yeah. I really do. I don't like playing games or, you know, trying to interpret, you know, people's minds and what they're thinking. That, that also makes me think of, of something else you guys have heard me say too many times about the inescapable law of design <clears throat> is form follows function. Mm -hmm. Because when you get, when you get marching orders, whether it's from an instructor in college or um, your client, you know, if, if they believe that and they understand that they need to, they need to give you what um, the form of something is supposed to be, or the, or rather the function, how this thing is supposed to function. How is this mm -hmm. piece of communication supposed to function? Um, that'll dictate our form and it kind of makes it easy. Mm -hmm. it, it, it alleviates that risk of, of going to them and them saying, no, it's not on the mark. I don't know why, but it's just not. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you, you've spoken about the, you know, outlining a business problem, but I think working collaboratively, collaboratively with clients is just as much about finding that goal, making that plan. Yep. Maybe not the specific steps of the execution, but where is this going to end up? Right. Right. And it is, it's not by accident that um, I think when I came on board, I don't know what what form, if any, you guys worked from uh, a creative brief. I was about to say creative brief, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, I think you introduced that. Okay, yeah. well. And there's I a, mean, granted, we were really trying to meld ourselves into a team and a sure. marketing firm um, for the six months I think before, you know, because we really weren't before, you know, Kit had taken over, gosh, maybe a year before you got, you know, it kind of really fell into her department. Yeah. Because the old manager just decided that now I'm, I feel like I'm getting into dangerous territory here. But, <laughs> Tread yeah. lightly. Yeah. She left the she left the company, and yeah. then it was only Kit's responsibility at that point. Right. So mm -hmm. Kit, you know, then really took a, a hold of it and and started to re, we started to rebrand. Yep. And that's when we became the agency as opposed to First Flight Digital, which right pretty limiting. Yeah, and we still fight that, of course, yeah, as of course. you know. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, I think you really did elevate. It was a tagline. You worked that in, didn't oh, you? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was there, there's a reason why on those creative briefs, the, the very, very first thing, the very first bullet point asked is uh, what business problem is the advertising supposed to solve? Mm -hmm. And it's worded that way because, again so often people don't equate the creative side of our business with business. Mm 
You know, that's another thing that used to drive me nuts about about overhearing conversations between clients and and account people and and internal uh, conversations when people would refer to, well, that's that's really the business side of of what we do, as opposed to the creative. And I think creative is your business. Yeah, it's all together. You guys are charged with yeah. selling it, you know, and we're we're charged with with executing it mm-hmm. and doing that as flawlessly as we can. But um, this, I, I think. The, some of the smartest business people I've ever known were creatives. They were right. copywriters, yeah. and art directors who came up into the business and became, you know, um, executive creative directors of huge, you know, multinational shops. Very smart business people, often smarter than the marketers they were doing work for. And 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 you see it across all industries. Really, the oh, people yeah. that are the most successful are the ones that, you know, let themselves be creative about it sure yeah Yeah. creativity is a a, a, it's it's daunting for a lot of people you know i've i've heard so many people again getting back to that that comment about you know i took piano lessons once you know does that count as creative because it's it's for so many people a daunting task like oh i can't be creative well, I can't, I can't draw, I can't do this, or I can't do that because it falls into something that might be construed as creativity. Or art, you know. God even, forbid, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And there is, it's commercial art, but oh. what we do is art. Right. Even if it's, even if it's, um, but part science. And there is, but, you know, I think for the average person, Creative creativity equals art equals Renaissance. Sure, painting, everything, sculpture. Everything is is lobbed up against the fine art. Yes, thank you. Fine idea. art. Yeah, fine art. Yeah. And you know, somebody, uh, I think it was Jeff Goodby from Goodby Silverstein, one of the greatest creative shops in the history of our business. Um, I'm pretty sure he's the one who will argue tooth and nail that that. Graphic design is art. What our art directors and copywriters do is art. Again, granted, it's art for commerce, but it's art. And and he and here's something too that I I think I've I've felt and believed for a long time is that that there was a time when I was when I was working as an art director, certainly as a junior art director, where I I thought that what my task was as a creative person was to, even if it's momentarily or even if it's subconsciously, elevate the creative sensibility of the person who was looking at it. Even if it was just in a, a print ad that was going to be looked at for a second and a half. I always viewed like, well, my job is to make sure that it's crafted in such a way that they get a sense of the art side of it, how it's designed and looked and the color and the texture and the photography and all that. Um, and I had a, a, a pretty opinionated CD say, that's bullshit. This is, this is advertising. And the only thing you're supposed to do is sell. Which it's not mutually exclusive. I mean, I can still, I can still pretend for a minute that the stuff that I, that I create, the colors I choose and the typography that I craft, I can still pretend that that is going to 
and again, maybe momentarily elevate someone's creative sensibility. But in the end, he's right. Uh, it has to sell. It has to sell an idea, a product, a service, a thought, you know, a new idea, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Room noise. We'll get, we'll get. Can you hear that? Are you guys hearing that? I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. We're on an airplane on this podcast. (laughs) That's all. I should just put a bed of uh, jet sound. Just seriously. Yeah. Might as well cover up this. that uh, noise for a while. That'll do it. This fan or something. It's that. that. It's that return. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. Uh, This one is going as well, but. It's the rattle from that one that really makes it. Yeah. Do we need to do uh, shove a piece of paper up there like we did? <laughs> maybe maybe you need a uh, deflector. Actually, that's not a bad idea, but I've been thinking about taking out those grates, just taking the grates off because part of that noise is them coming, is yeah. them coming through the holes. Yeah. Yeah. Bernoulli's principle. There you go. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> High and low pressure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never do. That's where uh, a fluid moves faster through a smaller opening. And of course, it, and, and that in turn causes it to increase in pressure. You ever see oh, a, learn on, something new every day. Yeah. On the side of an airplane, you'll see a, a thing sticking off the side that has, now they use pitot tubes, but a lot of older airplanes have have this apparatus that looks like two cones mm-hmm. with the short ends pointing mm-hmm. at each other. Mm-hmm. That's based on that principle. The air coming in here gets compressed and has to move faster through the center. And it speeds up. Yeah. And that's how airspeed gets measured on the, in the cockpit. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, man. Is there anything else? Uh, no. So does it like, Nine. how does it end? the podcast thanks Perfect. <laughs> no thank you goodbye yeah hey well no i mean i don't know I maybe he's waiting for like a hey thanks for having me yeah oh yeah hey thanks guys <laughs> thanks for joining me on first fight agency's inaugural podcast thank you oh thanks happy to be here this has been a, a, a thrill sweater weather Sorry, I had to try it out. <laughs> Is that from the skit? I this faith faith says what I'm SML. Yeah, so it is from the skit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the skit. It just sounds so dirty when it's so quiet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>